Dr. Balagai here. I have an outstanding series on EKGs. It's known as the Must Know EKG podcast. You all should find the series beneficial and you should be able to better interpret and understand EKGs. Many of the EKGs you see today will be available on the website mastermedfacts.com under Must Know EKGs. This podcast is actually a, an EKG review for the student uh, and is really a primer and it, I expect you all to have some very basic foundation before uh, you uh, uh, watch and listen to this podcast. When interpreting EKGs, it's essentially nine questions which are always in the same sequence. What is the rhythm? Are there any abnormalities of the P wave? Is the PI interval normal, prolonged, or shortened? What is the cardiac axis? For that, you essentially look in leads one, two, and three, limb leads. Is the QRS of normal duration? Are there any abnormalities in the QRS? What is the, what is the height? Are there any Q waves? When looking at ST segment, is it up? or down, that is it raised or depressed. And for then and for QT interval, we look for prolongation. Very rarely we see a shortened QT interval. And finally, is the T wave normal? The essential principles for EKG is easy. P waves can be only normal, unusually tall, or unusually wide. QRS complex can only be too wide, too tall, or contain an abnormal Q wave. The ST segment can be normal, elevated, or depressed. QT interval can be normal, prolonged, or short, and the T wave can be upright or inverted. P wave has only two abnormalities, as I alluded to. In the top panel of the EKG strip is a normal P wave. In the in the in the middle panel, you you will see in the limb lead two that the uh, the P wave is tall and is seen in right atrial enlargement. In the in the lowermost panel, the P wave is bifid and suggests that a patient has left atrial enlargement. So uh, the, the middle panel is right atrial enlargement and the, and the lowest panel is left atrial enlargement. And, and, and these, uh, this EKG strip is from limb lead two. Similarly, in limb lead three, you will see that uh, in the lowest panel, the, left, the, the terminal vector of the P wave in V1 is negative, suggesting left atrial enlargement. So the P wave has two ab abnormalities. Left atrial hypertrophy causes a broad and bifid P wave. Like in uh, mitral stenosis. And you will see in this EKG and especially in limb lead 2 which has been magnified in the lower panel. The, the P wave is bifid su suggesting left atrial enlargement. The right atrial enlargement is seen in permeable hypertension and tricuspid valve stenosis, and it's a tall 
tall P wave in limb lead 2. So in, th in this patient, if you look at limb lead 2, the P wave is tall compared to a normal EKG. When both left and right uh, went, uh, atria are enlarged, in limb lead 2, you'll see a tall P wave, while in limb lead uh, V1, there's a negative terminal component of the P wave suggesting left atrial enlargement. So this EKG shows biatrial enlargement. PR interval is measured from the beginning of the upslope of the P wave to the beginning of the QRS wave. This measurement should be between 0.12 to 0.20 seconds or 3 to 5 small squares in duration. In the top strip of the EKG, the PR interval is really short and this is seen in pre-excitation. In the bottom strip shown on the slide, the PR interval is prolonged and is also known as first degree uh, atrioventricular block. The normal QRS has four characteristics. Its duration is no greater than 0.12 seconds, that is three small squares. The second in the right ventricular lead, V1 over the, the S wave is greater than R wave. In the left ventricular lead, that is V5 or V6, the height of the R wave is less than 25 millimeters. Left ventricular leads may show small Q waves due to septal depolarization but these are less than one millimeter across and less than two millimeters deep. So small Q waves are less than one millimeter across and less than two millimeters deep. Wide QRS complexes is seen in bundle branch block. The depolarization is initiated by a focus in the ventricular muscle in such instances. So in left bundle branch block, the chest lead V6 is all over the left side of the chest and you can see there's a wide QRS complex and this is typical of left bundle branch block. In right bundle branch block, the uh, QRS is wide in chest lead V1 and there is uh, S waves in V6 and th this is right bundle branch block. So in left bundle branch block, the QRS is wide over chest lead V6 while, while, which is on the left side of the chest, while in right bundle branch block, the QRS is wide in limb lead V1, which is on the right side of the chest. Increased height of the QRS complex, that is the QRS is too tall, is seen in left ventricular hypertrophy. There's a tall R wave that is greater than 25 millimeters in the left leads, left chest leads V5 or V6 a deep S in the right leads, V1 or V2, and the T wave may be inverted in V5 or V6, and there may be a left axis deviation. There are criteria for left ventricular hypertrophy. The S in V1 plus the R in V5 or V6 is greater than 35 millimeters, or R in AVL is greater than 11 millimeters, or the R in lead one, is greater than 15 millimeters. There are other criteria for left ventricular hypertrophy, but these are some of the uh, preliminary ones. And uh, as you learn more about EKGs, you'll learn about the other criteria. And this EKG, which you'll see next, shows the three criteria I just mentioned.
for left ventricular hypertrophy. If you notice, the calibration here is standard is 10 millimeters, that is 10 small boxes, and equal into 1 millivolts. So now my question to you all is, does this patient, now that you have learned the criteria for left ventricular hypertrophy, does this patient have left ventricular hypertrophy? I'll give you all 30 seconds to look at this EKG and let me know. So the answer is, this probably this patient has left ventricular hypertrophy. If you look at the calibration, it is half of what it should be. And it is really important before interpreting EKGs, one looks at the calibration because quite often when the QRS complexes are tall and may, uh, or may not print on the paper, the EKG machine computer automatically decreases the calibration. So in this uh, EKG, the calibration is 50% of what it should be. And so if it was a regular calib normal calibration, this patient would have left ventricular hypertrophy by the criteria I mentioned two slides ago. Full standard um, uh, calibration is two large squares, one millivolts or 10 millimeters, and half standard is one large square, as you saw in this previous EKG, which is five millimeters or 0.5 millivolts. When the waveforms are very large, half standard is used, five millimeter equals one millivolt. In the other instance where there's an increased height of the QRS complex is in right ventricular hypertrophy, best seen in lead V1 where it becomes upright, that is the height of the R exceeds the depth of the S. And in right ventricular hypertrophy, you may see deep S waves in V6. For example, in this patient, patient in lead V1 has an R wave and deep S waves in V6. In addition, in limb lead, uh, leads, there is right axis deviation. This EKG is an example of decreased height of QRS complexes. If you notice the calibration is normal, but the QRS complexes are of low height and low voltage complexes, that is less than five millimeters in limb leads and less than 10 millimeters in chest leads are seen in conditions including pericardial effusion, cardiac amyloidosis. Now coming to ST segment, the ST segment can be up. An elevated ST segment is seen in a recent myocardial infarction or a heart attack. Um, its anterior uh, uh, part of the heart is seen in the chest leads, while the inferior Limb leads 2, 3, and AVF will uh, show ST elevation uh, when the, uh, the inferior, the lower part of the heart muscle uh, is affected. The other reason why the ST segment can be elevated is in pericarditis. And often it is seen in a condition called early repolarization, which is normal. 
So it's really important that interpreting EKGs should be done in the clinical context. For example, in this patient, in the chest leads, V1, V2, V3, V4, V5, V6, the ST is markedly elevated, suggesting an anterior lateral acute myocardial infarction, that is both the anterior and the lateral parts of the left ventricle is affected. In fact, these ST elevations are so uh, marked that we often refer to these as tombstones because they look like tombstones. In this patient, the ST segment is elevated in limb leads 2, 3 and AVF, which suggests inferior wall myocardial infarction or the bottom of the heart is affected. In fact, if you look at limb leads, um, in, in this slide you'll see that limb lead 1 is along the left, left upper arm. Uh, and then if you look at uh, the, the limb leads, it's like a clock starting from the 3 o'clock position, 1, 2, and 3. And that is important for you to know how the limb leads are So if you have to calculate the axis. And if, from this figure, you'll see that 2, 3, and AVF uh, reflect changes in the bottom of the heart or the inferior wall. 1 and AVL uh, reflects the left side and AVR reflects the right side. The chest leads are horizontal leads and the V1 is on the right side of the chest and increasingly the leads are, uh, chest leads are implanted towards the left and the V6 and V5 reflect changes on the, in the, on the right side of the ventricle. The normal axis is between minus 30 to plus 90 degrees um, centigrade. And understanding of vectors is important if you have to uh, comment on the axis. This is an outstanding website for those who are interested to know more about EKGs. It's ecg.utah.edu. The normal axis shows that the vector is the greatest uh, in limb lead 2 and is upright in 1, 2, and 3 because the normal axis is between minus 30 and 90 degrees. In right axis deviation, the, uh, the, um, the uh, vector is towards the right and so in limb lead 1 which is on the left side, it will be negative while limb lead 2 and 3 will be upright. So in the next EKG, you'll see a right axis deviation where the limb lead 1 is negative and limb lead 2 and 3 are upright, suggesting right axis deviation. In left axis deviation, which is towards your left arm, the it's away from the bottom of the heart. So you'll see that limb leads 2 and 3 will be negative, while limb lead 1 will be positive. And in this EKG, you'll see that in limb lead 2 and 3, the vector is negative and, limb, and, and the QRS complex is uh, 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 pointing downwards, while in limb lead 1, it's upright. So this is a classic left axis deviation. So in this EKG, 
my question is does this patient have a right bundle branch block or a left bundle branch block and the answer is this patient has a right bundle branch block you'll see tall upright uh, rsr prime uh, uh, qrs complexes in uh, chest plate v1 and s waves in v6 now this patient has a short pr interval that is less than 0.12 uh, seconds now what else does this patient have and so if, if you actually look at the standardization it's double standard here the computer is adjusted because the qrs complexes are probably uh, not that tall and the computer has adjusted the standardization so it's really important one looks at the standardization for every EKG before interpreting. When the wave, as I said, when the waveforms are small, double standard is used. That's where 20 millimeters equal. When you look at this EKG, you can put a, a, a pause and look at this EKG, and you will see that the standardization is double standardized, standardized as I suggested. In, in two slides prior to this one what is the axis in this patient you may hit pause to interpret so this patient has left axis deviation limb lead 1 and AVEL which are towards the left are upright and limb lead 2 and 3 which are towards the bottom are negative confirming left axis deviation what kind of uh, uh, atrial enlargement is this is this left atrial or right atrial enlargement if you look at the p waves in this small strip of limb lead 2 you will see it's bifid suggesting left atrial enlargement while in this ekg the p wave is tall suggesting right atrial enlargement what is the abnormality in this patient this patient the PR interval is short which is seen in pre-excitation in this EKG the P waves are replaced by flutter waves and this patient has atrial flutter where the atria are fluttering what kind of myocardial infarction does this patient have inferior wall or anterior wall these are limb leads 2 3 and AVF where the ST is elevated suggesting inferior wall myocardial infarction this EKG has ST elevation in chest leads V1, V2, V3, V4, V5, V6 suggesting anterolateral wall myocardial infarction we call it we call this STEBI or ST elevation myocardial infarction what about the P waves in this EKG strip the P waves in this EKG are normal. Uh, 
and this patient has sinus tachycardia. What does this uh, strip show? This strip shows irregularly irregular rhythm and is due to atrial fibrillation. When you see a patient with this EKG with the irregularly irregular QRS complexes and uh, fibrillatory waves instead of P waves, the goal is to control the ventricular rate to calculate the charge vascore and anticoagulate, look for etiology or causes. The commonest causes are ischemia, hypertension, hyperthyroidism, mitral valve disease, and sleep apnea. And finally, it's important to correct the rhythm, which can be done either by cardioversion or ablation. This patient has also irregularly irregular rhythm, but unlike the atrial fibrillation you saw in the previous EKG, the P waves are better formed. And this patient has, has uh, atrial premature complexes uh, along with sinus rhythm. In this patient, the, the P waves are replaced by what we call sawtooth appearance of flutter waves and is seen in atrial flutter. This is a narrow QRS tachycardia, but the P wave is just after the QRS complex and is known as supraventricular tachycardia or AV nodal re-entry tachycardia. This EKG shows several changes, including right axis deviation, limb lead to right atrial enlargement, Looking at limb lead 1, there's also left atrial enlargement, so biatrial enlargement. And there's an RSR, or tall R waves, in lead V1, suggesting that there is a right ventricular intraventricular defect. And it's probably all these changes are due to right ventricular hypertrophy. In this EKG, the QRS complexes in limb leads V4, V5, V6 are tall, suggesting left ventricular hypertrophy. This is uh, a strip of uh, chest lead V5. And the QRS is wide, suggesting a left bundle branch block pattern. And you can see at the tip, there is that RSR prime or a rapid shaped uh, QRS and this is typical of left bundle branch block. If you notice the uh, calibration is half standard. In this patient the RSR or the QRS complex in lead V1 is tall suggesting right bundle branch block. Right bundle branch block while in this strip the QRS is wide in chest lead V5 with an RSR prime suggesting left bundle branch block. Also, if you notice that the calibration is half calibration. And this EKG shows right bundle branch block. This EKG shows a morbid type 1 block 
where the PR interval prolongs in each successive beat until there is a drop beat and is known as a Wenke-Back phenomenon. This strip shows severe bradycardia. There are several P waves between the QRS complexes. The QRS complexes are rather wide, suggesting it arises from the left ventricle. So this is complete heart block where the P waves are not transmitted to the QRS and they're beating independently. Whereas this patient also has bradycardia, but there's a P wave before each QRS complex and this is sinus bradycardia. This slide is important. The top strip shows first degree uh, atrioventricular block. That is, that is where the PR interval is prolonged beyond, beyond 0.2 seconds. Every P wave is followed by a QRS complex. The second strip shows second degree uh, atrioventricular block or Morbitz type 1 or Wenke back. If you notice, the PR interval prolongs uh, with each successive beat until the QRS drops. There's progressive lengthening of the PR interval and shortening of the RR interval until a P wave is blocked. PR interval after a blocked beat is shorter than the preceding PR interval. The second degree AV block, which is in the third strip or the middle strip, the second degree AV block is also known as Morbitz type 2. There are intermittently blocked P waves. The PI interval uh, on the conducted beat is constant. So before every QRS complex, you see the PR interval is constant. And if you notice, there are two P waves before each QRS complex. So this is second degree atrioventricular block. The fourth strip is second degree or high grade atrioventricular block. And the, the conduction ratio is there are more two is to one uh, more than 2 is to 1 uh, or more uh, uh, or, and the PR interval of the conducted beat is constant. If you notice that in some instances the PR interval there are 3 P waves and in others there are only 2. It's a high grade AV block. This is somewhere between second degree and complete heart block. And the last strip is third degree AV block. There's dissociation of the atria and ventricle. Uh, they're beating independently. The atrial rate is faster than the ventricular rate, which is of junctional or ventricular origin. This is another example of different heart blocks. First degree heart block where the PR interval is prolonged is in the top strip. The second degree heart block or Wenke back where the PR interval prolongs till a QRS drops. Morbid type 2, which is in the third strip, shows, uh, two, shows constant P waves between each QRS complex, but there are more than uh, one P wave. And finally, in third degree block, which is complete heart block, the P wave and the QRS complex uh, are seen independently, and there's no relationship between the two. And typically, in third degree heart, uh, heart block, the QRS complex is wide, suggesting a ventricular origin. Looking at this strip, there are several PVCs or skip beats and are pretty common. It's only when the PVC burden 
is more, more than 15,000 to 20,000 a day, then it could be of concern. And uh, in these instances, we have done radio frequency ablation of the PVCs. If you look at the top strip, there's uh, uh, at the beginning of the strip, the rhythm is normal, and then there's a wide QRS tachycardia, which suggests ventricular tachycardia. All these three strips shows a wide QRS with tachycardia, that's a heart rate greater than 100, suggests ventricular tachycardia. These two strips show QRS complex of varying morphology, and it's called the twisting of points or torsade the point um, to describe this rhythm. If one sees this rhythm, it's important to give IV magnesium immediately to correct this rhythm. Finally, this is an interesting patient where uh, on a transpacific flight, you can see from the top two strips that the uh, rhythm is irregular. The patient went into ventricular fibrillation. The patient had a defibrillator and a shock was given. And after the shock was given, as you'll see in the third strip, that the, uh, the rhythm restored. This patient actually was going to Hawaii from the US and got off the shock, got off the flight and had a great vacation. So once again, there are more sample EKGs on the website mastermedfacts.com. I hope you all found this brief primer or review useful. If you want individual examples, uh, do go to the website.